Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hey everyone, I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team is going to continue with their we rock. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Rewatch of Star Trek: The Next Generation season two, with episodes eleven entitled "Contagion" and episode twelve entitled "The Royale." Plong. <laughs> Indubitably. Plong. I think we broke Mac. <laughs> oh no, he's experiencing a malfunction. <laughs> At the tail end of last episode, I indicated that I had forgotten what "Contagion" was about prior to rewatching it, and I had since forgotten what it was about since rewatching it. But Paramount Plus's description is the Enterprise's computer system falls prey to a mysterious electronic virus, quote-unquote. You see, computers can get these viruses mm. as well. Which I bet programs the, the, the ship... ship wasn't wearing a mask, was right. it? Oh, yeah. my God. Mask up your computers, friend. <laughs> Okay, don't. Actually, it's like really bad for the fans and the air filters. I'm just, nope, I did yeah. not take that joke. I took that joke too seriously. <laughs> the K95, like with the, the, the static electricity on that. Oh, it's going to start whirring yeah. really bad. Also, make sure you clean your computer every once in a while. Make sure there's yeah. no dust in there, because that will really make it slow. <laughs> as, as he looks at the recording deck. <laughs> that may be part of the problem. So, so, so it gets a virus? Yeah. The Enterprise does? Yeah. Yeah. Again? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, its sister ship gets a virus. And, and they blow up. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, maybe we should take this seriously. <laughs> That's why cool guys don't look at explosions when they're walking mm. away. because they don't want to catch anything mm. from oh, the explosion. Wow. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. 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 I, I will I will say this about this episode. Wesley actually did seem pretty shook. Watch the explosion. He was like, all oh, those people just died. And they're like, yep. And he's like, day off. <laughs> I'm just a baby. I just watched like a whole massacre. And yet I he want still my mommy. didn't I want call his mom. Right? He was like, I was on duty and everything and I watched it on the main viewer, which is like an IMAX screen. <laughs> I need time off. And I really respect that actually. Because sometimes you're like, well, like, you, you see a lot of movies where people see like horrible things happening in front mm. of them. They're like, I guess we have to do our duty now. And you're yeah. like, wouldn't that be hard on you <laughs> mentally and physically? And he takes a moment to go into the captain's ready room and be like, Captain, can I talk to you about it's that? Because, like, like, I need to process this. Yeah. And was Troy off this week? Like, <laughs> right. was she, she even in the scene? I, I don't think she. Wait, and she wasn't in the last couple either. No, I think she was because she was talking about the Romulans. Yes. Yes, she was. And oh, okay. Yeah. She was busy. She had a whole line outside of Romulan's door. I guess, like, yeah. I'm so sorry, so... Wesley, but like, you see, I have written down that Picard is your emergency contact <laughs> now, so you need to go talk to him. <laughs> right. I am busy. <laughs> Get out. I'm sure the captain has nothing to do right now. You go talk about your feelings with him. <laughs> and he didn't. So you know what all worked out. <laughs> Troy is very good at her job. <laughs> Troy hasn't been in a lot of episodes. She wasn't yeah. in the last two, was she? Not really. Uh, she was in the Dauphine a little bit. 
I think. Because she was talking about, oh, there, there's some deception. She was sending Oh, she was on the bridge at the very beginning. And, but, and I think yeah. she was at Data's going away party in Measure of a Man. Oh, oh but yeah. she's, yeah, they and, need to give her more to do. For Troy. Yeah. Anyways. I think this is the first time that Picard orders tea, Earl Grey, hot. It is indeed. <gasps> it becomes and then he didn't get it, he got a cactus instead. Which oh, is that's true. Yeah. Very peak, uh, good place energy there. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not even sure it was a cactus. I just like mentally rewrote cactus. I was like, oh, it's Janet. I mean, there's, this episode's just okay. Yeah. I really like the episode where they're throwing LeVar Burton around in engineering and he's doing all this like physical work and Data's down there. And at one moment, like the two of them are just like exchanging glances and stuff. And I literally wrote, I think that's the exact moment that Data and Jordy became besties forever. They, they, they shared a a, a comedic experience together. Oh my God. That was like another half of a good scene. Yeah. Yes. When Jordy gets electrocuted, yeah, yeah it's yeah. that scene, yeah. and Jada's face is like, yeah. like he, like he, his Jada's face like, makes no the sound Jordy. that my mouth does, and and then like he goes and he's just like, are you okay there, buddy? And he's like, what no. happened? He's like, you got electrocuted. And he's like, that tracks, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna pat you. I heard that that's helpful for humans, yes. and I'm just like, okay, okay, but like when shit is going wrong, right? The fu- Pulaski is in this for two seconds just to be a bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. she is yelling at this other nurse like, I can't do anything! The hypo beds aren't working! Everything is screwy! He's like, yes, ma'am! The ship is on fire! She's like, I can't! I don't understand why you want me to be like, and it's why like, are you yelling at me? <laughs> and it's like halfway through the episode, too. It's so much so so to the point, because people had like talked about Pulaski up to that point. Right. I even had the note where it was like, yes, yes, let's just refer to Pulaski and never really check in on her. And she shows up in the next scene doing exactly what you described. I'm like, I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, I know it was like expo dumping to show that like, oh, even the sick bay is affected. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's just her berating some nurse of things that he is in no way responsible or in control of. You know, if that was Crusher, she'd have been like, okay, let's move this over here. We'll triage over here. We've got this. You. I trust in you. Right. Yeah. 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 She's like, it's I like, need you to look into my eyes. Yeah. I have faith in you. Yeah. The and then somebody hands her something. Thank you. I knew that was exactly what I needed. She's going to look at it. Yeah. Because she's got that sick bay on lock. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, the knitter is broken. She's like, here's a needle and thread. Go at it. Instead of going like, uh, have you ever heard of a splint? Because I actually went to med school. Oh, my God. Look at these fucking dweebs here. And he's like, lady people are dying. Actually, I feel like her staff, like Crusher's staff would have responded much better to her. They probably, like, she she could be like, oh, my gosh, everything is going wrong. What are we going to do? And her, like, Crusher staff would be like, Here's 12 suggestions. Here's what we're already doing to help. And she's like, you guys are awesome. Let's get this. It's like so somebody like, raid the bot lab. just wants to bitch. And they're all like, whatever. It's like, all my fancy tools are broken. And I'm not ready to fix anybody on anything else but the fancy tools the computer runs. Because I hate computers. Uh, where's the, the Vulcan lady doctor? Because so she I, was yeah. really capable. Yeah. She was off shift. She got a transfer because she hated Pulaski. She had Starfleet yeah. Medical too. Is that where all the good doctors go? Yeah. She was like, I had a rotation with Pulaski, and let me tell you. <laughs> That's why we get rid of Pulaski at the end of the season. Because the captain's like, you're chasing away all the other good doctors. So, like, I love Klingons, right? But I feel like Vulcans have the best, like, just nasty gossip. Mm. <laughs> like, they're just like, did you hear about Dr. Pulaski? Like, 
no, I didn't. I'll meet you at five o'clock in the regular place. And we go to ten four, and they're like, this is what she said to me. But it's all in the same tone. It's all in the same yeah, tone. Yeah. And they also have, like, fantastic memories, because, like, that's just, like, how they're built, you know? Yeah. Like, that's how they're raised from, like, out of the womb. We're like, gotta memorize everything! Math everything! And so they're just sort of like, and then she said this, and then she did this with her face. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I just, I want the stitch and bitch knitting circle. <laughs> it's just, like, nothing but Vulcans. <laughs> and okay, then one Klingon friend who's like, I'm gonna murder her! And they're like, cool yeah. I was just like, can you imagine a Klingon gossip circle? Like, oh, they're just like, immediately to murder. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I got a knife and I know where their tires are. Let's go! <laughs> we sort of do that in Lower Decks. There's this episode where you get to see the Lower Decks crew on various other ships. One of them's a Vulcan ship. I think one of them's a Klingon ship. And one of them's a Borg ship. They and just cut away and they're just standing there like... <laughs> But like I, the Vulcan ship is like exactly like that. Like people are talking and they're they're still like the the Vulcan that they're kind of like shunning from the right. main group that's Vulcans annoying to the other it's Vulcans. Fine. They're like, We're prim and proper and perfect. <laughs> Have you seen the terrible things she's wearing? What is that? A dead rat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I play elves in D and D. I know exactly what they act like. Vulcans are elves. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't even really <laughs> talked about what's going on in this episode at all. No, because there's there's not a lot. I mean, to, there, to there's some a virus, up. and then Picard gets to go off world and blow shit up, and that's it. That's the episode. It's something to do with archaeology and Atlantis. Yeah, and, and I mean it's Iconia. The but explanation it's for why the Yamato was destroyed is basically something about a giant dump. <laughs> and so I literally wrote that down. The Yamato was destroyed by a giant dump. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it really was a giant dump. <laughs> the sad thing is, I actually, you know, I was destroyed because my episode had to restart, so I had to watch the whole thing again because I was like, I'm not going to fast forward. I don't want it to, like, reset and have mm. to reload. So... Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait. Okay, that's an antimatter. Okay, all right. <laughs> This episode, I think, wanted to be very cerebral, and it just turned out to be kind of silly and boring. But Brett Spiner is the best. Oh, he's great. His, his, his like, face. He his has face a, every scene. a range of android emotion that, like, he, yeah. he masters. It's like these, like, quizzical looks that he'll give, or, like, yeah, when his friend gets electrocuted, he's like, I should help. Like, it's he's, just <laughs> this look on his face that's just yeah. perfect. I mean, he is occasionally the most expressive person in the scene, mm-hmm. which is, like, both really cool and wild. It's really great. Like, I love watching him play the different characters that he, like, have, we, we've met Lore. Yeah. Right? So, like, watching him play against himself as Lore, and then sometimes we get to see Dr. Soon, and sometimes other people that he's playing, and it's, like, really great to see, like, him yeah. just play off of himself. He's, like really good character actor. I don't know. It's oh, it's interesting. Yeah. I love that idea. He, he plays a lot of, uh, not only his creator, but his creator's ancestors and his creator's <laughs> children. Yeah. Yeah. We all look alike. Woo! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, Was those it? genes are really strong in the Zoom family. <laughs> it's cool. Sometimes you work with what you got. <laughs> On the note of Pulaski, they've written a series of books recently that are the autobiographies of various Star Trek characters. Okay. There's been one of uh, Kirk, uh, one of Spock, 
uh, one of Catherine Janeway from Voyager mm-hmm. and one of Jean-Luc Picard. Okay. And he goes into more detail about definitely leaving the Enterprise and then he actually fires Pulaski. And it's, I, I just looking over the scene, I was like, yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh I bet that was really super satisfying. I bet it was. And then he gets to does does he call Crusher he like does. that second and be like, "Well, they Look. talk about who to replace her with," and and uh, Deanna and Wesley are like, "I think she she'd come back if you asked her, Captain." And she and he close, goes and calls her, and she says, yeah. "It was difficult being on the ship, but it's been more difficult not being on the ship." And I'd like to go. In back. other words, I missed you. Yeah, I was waiting for you to call me earlier. <laughs> Excellent. I because my hurt? son never calls me. <laughs> <laughs> he does he's just crying a lot <laughs> uh, i can, can for like review uh and educational purposes can you find a clip of just that one scene of the firing and maybe share it with us because that would be fantastic i have it pulled up oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't expecting that much i was just looking it's, for a discord message it, it's a great book uh the author is david a goodman okay but it's you know written in picard's voice dr Plasky, i said I'm afraid I don't think this is working out. Catherine Polanski had been chief medical officer for about a year when I decided I'd had enough. She was exceedingly competent in her job. Footnote. Indeed. Editor's note. Indeed, Dr. Polanski actually replaced Captain Picard's artificial heart in emergency surgery, saving his life. That'll happen later this season. Spoilers. But she had taken to openly disagreeing with me one too many times, even at certain points and insulting me. The news I was giving her didn't seem to be much of a surprise. I was going to ask for a transfer, she said. <laughs> That's your Velasky voice. <laughs> Seems accurate. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, fight me on it. <laughs> <laughs> because with all due respect, from the minute I came on board, it was clear to me you didn't want me to succeed in this job. I'm not sure that's quite fair, I said, although in a way I knew she was right. <laughs> what actions can you point to that support that? I'm afraid I can't point to a single incident, Pulaski said. It's just a feeling that I had from you that I was unwelcome. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you felt that way. I said I couldn't argue with her impressions. I'd kept my distance from Pulaski and recently had begun silently compiling a list of minor offenses in my mind to justify my dissatisfaction. It was an incident a week before where something happened on the bridge that led me to make up my mind and let her go. Data sang a song. I had been sitting <laughs> on the bridge, flanked by Deanna and Riker. Wesley was at the car, and Data at Ops Wharf behind me. I spoke to Beverly, Deanna said. I was focused on the keypad on the arm of my chair, pretending to review a duty roster Riker had given me to approve. How is she? Riker said. She's well. I can't do it. Too many voices! (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. Deanna said. Though I think she misses us. She definitely does, Wesley said. (laughs) I can tell. It would appear, Data said, that she made an incorrect decision accepting that post. Sometimes, Data, Deanna said. <laughs> I don't know what you got to tell us, gone! Oh no! Deanna, what happened to you? Oh, oh, I played by one of the Monty Python guys, guys! <laughs> they saved Paradise and put up a parking lot, Data said. What does that mean? Worf said. It is from an old Earth song, Data said. I assumed that is what Counselor Troy was referring, since you don't know what you've got till it's gone is the lyric that precedes it. Everyone laughed. It wasn't, Data, Troy said. It was just a coincidence, it was. 
Sing it for us, Data, <laughs> Riker said. Data looked to me, and I pretended to be taking note of the situation for the first time and nodded. As Data began to sing the unusual but sweet song, I fantasized about the future. It led me to contact Beverly directly. I spoke to her via subspace a few hours later. What a delightful surprise, she said. We chatted for a while about her job and how things were on the ship, and then I mentioned my troubles with Dr. Pulaski, and that I thought she would be leaving soon. So there will be an opening for a new chief medical officer, I said. <laughs> I was hoping to get someone with the appropriate experience. Emily <laughs> smiled. She saw right through me. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep secrets from Deanna, she said. I don't know what you're talking about, I said. Counselor Troy is not telepathic in any event. Are you aware of any potential candidates? Candidly, John Luke, she said. I thought being on the Enterprise was too difficult, but I'm finding that being away is worse. I miss everyone too much. Then come home, I said. The feeling is mutual. A short while later, Pulaski left and Beverly returned. Great sentence there. That final sentence, no notes. That's a perfect English sentence. A short while later, Pulaski left and Beverly returned. Good shit. Nice. Baby. Thinking misspelled Beverly, but that's not. Is it Beverly? Lay. Yeah. yeah. He misspelled Beverly there at the end. But... No, L-E-Y. L-E-Y there too. L-E-Y is how you spell Beverly. No. Mm-hmm. My mom spells it B-E-V-E-R-L-Y. Oh. Let's crush her spell it the other way. Let's find out today. Oh, but I'm... I feel like in the credits, I think you're right too. spells it my mom's way. Interesting. I've seen it. Well, I don't know if I've only seen it spelled with a L-E-Y, but. Like, I've Memory never Alpha seen has L-E-Y. an L-Y. Yeah. Interesting. So, so it may be misspelled about. every time. <laughs> In fact, because like I think Crusher writes the foreword to the book. She signed her own name wrong. She made it. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, she starts to write it and then Q interrupts. It's a great book. Spelled right there. Mm. I have some so editing it's, notes. It's spelled differently in the book. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> Picard is misspelling her <laughs> name. Anyway, that's funny. That's a little fun. Yep. Okay, I think it's time for a commercial break. Unless anybody has anything else about Contagion. Nah. Okay. Picard was so chipper at the end of the show. <laughs> it was like, well, it was a great time. <laughs> it was a fun discovery. They solved a big galactic mystery. That's a good day at the office. blew up and I went to Atlantis. <laughs> and we lost 1,500 people on that other ship. Yeah, it's fine. They were And if they're anything like characters. our ship, which they're exactly like our ship, some of them were children. All right, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I actively asked if they wanted to evacuate, and he said no. <laughs> He could have at least been like, yeah, why don't you get the kids and some of our families off first? He literally said any non-essential personnel. And they're like, mm. nah, we'll be fine, kaboom. <laughs> hmm. Commercial break! Commercial break! So, messages of social enlightenment. Black lives matter. Yeah! Trans lives matter. Yeah! Water is life. Yeah! Also, hydrate before you die, Drake. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Stop Asian hate. Woo! Yeah. Uh, be, be kind and to each other. List. No. <laughs> yeah. Be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's harder to do. That's true. That's true. That is very true. Get therapy. Yeah. Yeah. If it is feasible to do so. But also just like talking helps. Like finding someone that you can talk to. 
multiple podcasts is not a substitute for therapy. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but, but, no. but like, not, look, I not get it. A <laughs> therapy, depending on your healthcare situation, um, or even if your healthcare, if you if you are lucky enough to have it, will it cover it? So, like, I yeah. get it. Like that. There's some considerations, but like, do try to treat yourself. The book, like buying a book. Is not always the answer. Like, like a book isn't gonna like fix your life. You you were actually gonna have to like workshop some shit with other people. <laughs> yeah, but also buy books. Oh yeah, you should buy books. <laughs> yeah, don't return ebooks. What the fuck is wrong with you? But you're not supposed to return ebooks. I thought it was just regular books. No, no the e- ones ebooks oh. that ebooks that you they're, buy they're, on Amazon and then return them like, to Amazon. Um, apparently, it fucks over the author. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Wait, so, but if I have Kindle Unlimited, does it do the same thing? No, yeah, no, I returned like twenty books in the last month. Unlimited is great. There's a thing going around TikTok that's yeah. just sort of like if you buy an ebook from Amazon, you have like two weeks to return it full price and mm-hmm. you can do that so it's practically like a free book mm. and what happens is that the author is usually only gets a 30 percent, but they are culpable for the entire retail price so they're actually like losing money and going into bankruptcy Damn. i'm not sure if it's that that at volume i think is true i think the real problem is that uh, <clears throat> amazon awards them the royalties at sale and then when the return is they have a negative balance yes. at mm-hmm. that point so it yeah. costs the author money when they return it yeah. Yeah. But when there does seem to libraries be exist right exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check your local library. Libraries frequently have a lot of digital services mm-hmm. including ebooks and audiobooks and you can borrow them for free. You don't even yeah. have to pay for it. Also, like, if depending <laughs> on the different types of services you have, like, for your library, you can place holds on books, usually. Or mm-hmm. if it's, like, if your library has an account with Hoopla, you don't have to worry about holds. Hoopla just does. Anybody can check out this book. We do not have a limit. Oh, nice. nice. They do a yearly contract kind of thing where, mm-hmm. like, you have to rebuy the book, like, every year, but they don't have a min. They don't have, like, a, only two people can have it out at the same time. Oh, they can okay. Have, like, yeah, if yeah. two people have it out, sucks to be you. But if, like, 200 people check it out, then honestly, that's a, that's a real win for the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. It's just, like, a one-time fee, but it's, like, an annual kind of thing. Yeah. I just friend my local librarian who doesn't have a degree. I just work there. <laughs> get a library card. Get a library card. Like, for real. Go get a library card. We got, like, computers. We got, like, 3D printers. <laughs> we have, like, crafts and stuff. We teach you how to do... We teach people how to do their taxes. Like, not the librarian, but, like, we'll invite accountants to yes. come and have a class around tax season to be like, I'm a certified accountant. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to teach you how to do your taxes. Like, I have attended these classes <laughs> to learn how to be a better adult. Because I'm like, hi, I'm an idiot. Yes, this is staff badge. I'm here. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Libraries do lots of awesome stuff. Yeah. We made a cool sea dragon on our windows for funsies. Nice. <laughs> Go visit your library. <gasps> Any other messages of social enlightenment? <laughs> I took this one. Wear your seatbelt. Yeah. Yeah. Drink your milk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what if you want to you? Big, big, big milk industry now? <laughs> there was a better oh, no. joke there. It failed instantly. <laughs> big dairy. Big dairy. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. The milk person. <laughs> The big milkman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's creepy, guys. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Oh, my God. Be the milkman you want to see in the world. <laughs> so, nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
is this one of those things where if you think about it, like the the big milk man shows up to stop you? <laughs> so, no, that's Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it. You go into the bathroom and say, "The big milk man, the big milk man." <laughs> <laughs> Then the Kool-Aid Jam guy's brother is standing behind you in a garden. Yeah. <laughs> Off the rails quickly. As most messages of social enlightenment do. If you enjoy that word thing that we do, then you might enjoy the other fine podcasts at PartyApocalypse.com, including Friendables, two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. And that's with myself and Eris. Uh, we air on Mondays immediately after uh, an episode of uh, Fib airs. We also have Beyond the Cabin in the Woods with myself and friends of the show, Donna, Kenzie, and Debbie. They air on Fridays that Fib is off. There are other great things <laughs> at PartyApocalypse.com, including books, blogs, movie reviews, The Fourth Wall in its entirety, and As the Myth Turns in its entirety. Eris has given me the no-no on uh, anything that... Uh, I am on some type like, of uh, break that is becoming, uh, quickly becoming a strike. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to unionize myself, <laughs> but we're working on it. I will figure out how, and then I'll write an ebook to tell you how to do that, too. <laughs> Z, you got anything to plug? Sure. I've got a TikTok. It's do it. at underscore. It's just Z underscore. Excellent. Anything else? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not yet. My idea about the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> is his catchphrase, oh yeah? Or is that, is, does he have it's it's more of an ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, but it's definitely more creepy. Oh no. I don't like the milkman. <laughs> All right, guys, do horror movie just drop. <laughs> but legally different from the Kool-Aid game. I like that. That should be the tagline for the movie. <laughs> okay, but if this is a movie, I want to be the milkman. That's what I want to be. That's the whole point. You want to be the milkman. Oh my god. I like this idea. Love of my life. You know what like? Nah, man. I'm good. <laughs> With that, I think we'll go back to our episode. We are talking now about Season 2, Episode 12, The Royale. A very odd episode. Paramount Plus's description is as follows. Investigating the discovery of a piece of metal bearing a United States Air Force insignia. It was NASA, by the way. No, I, that's not at all true. They yeah, got the wrong <laughs> They got the wrong thing. Yeah. Nice. Beverly is spelled with too many E's yeah. and the Air Force and NASA are interchangeable. The away team finds itself trapped in the world of the Hotel Royale, a novel come to life. Can I make a confession? I really actually like this episode. Really? I do. It's strange. It's so strange, and it's not good, but I really like it. And because it's actually just, it's just weird and fun, and it looks like the actors are having a little bit of fun with it. Mm, yeah. And, like, Data or Brent Spiner is at his best when he's playing a character. So watching him hang out with that Texan guy yeah. at the craps table is just fun. Like, he's... Yeah, no, it's it's not a good episode. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, like, I have a, a an affection for this episode. Gotcha. I think from, from childhood, I kind of dig it. <laughs> 
was watchable. I mean, I'll, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like, had fun in it. Like, the whole murder, like, mob murder mystery thing is just off the wall and, like, bonkers. Right. But, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I enjoyed them tracking down the novel on the ship and then reading it and how bad it was and the, the looks on their faces. Constantly, like, dragging it. Yeah. And yeah. then everyone's reading it. <laughs> like, Picard's up there this reading it. so bad. Like, uh, the counselor's reading it over him? his shoulder yeah. and she's like, I'm gonna step out if that's okay. And she's like, I don't want to read this. People don't actually talk like this. And he's like, I guess they do in books. And she's like, this is a shit book. <laughs> Listen, I've had that thought before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I've always had a, a fondness that for this episode, and, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, so this episode, I think, kind of peaked, and, and stayed there, you know, because it, it is absurd, but when they're trying to leave, and they just, the actors just keep walking around the revolving <laughs> door, as opposed to, I get it, the only other way to do it from a cinematic, cinematic kind of point of view is if you built a similar reflection of a set, so you just follow them like, mm. through the revolving door where they realize they're just walking back in. But that costs money, so I totally get it. So instead, they were just sort of like, this is a cheap episode, guys. We're really, like, we're reusing budget costumes that we rented from down the street for another film that we're filming on the studio parking lot. So, like, this is, this is, we just need a filler. And so they're just like, all right, just run around the doors a lot. Yeah. Just run around the doors and be real confused, okay? And so they're just like, all the revolving doors, like, we don't know how these work! Keep going! Do it again! Maybe we'll find an exit! And they're just like riding it like a fucking carousel. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> it's that episode. Yeah. Awesome. They're bought in. They're, they're yeah. giving it their best oh, yeah. effort. It's a subpar plot but <laughs> and i kind of so i'm getting to the point where like i'm appreciating star trek with star trek almost always ends on some type of like a thing to ponder a moral whatever kind of like that's that's the kind of episode and show that it is and i like that this one apparently is like the best way out is through sometimes <laughs> you just gotta be like i guess this is what we're doing today <laughs> Be like, let's go, f let's go finish this murder mystery or whatever it is, because apparently that's just what we're doing, and I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the line, it was a dark and stormy night that opens the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Hotel Royale, generally accepted as like the bat, the worst opening yeah. line uh, of literature, and it actually comes from a real novel. Uh, the the first novel, or not, maybe not the first novel, but the most famous novel to have it was Paul Clifford by Edward George Bulwer Lytton. Oh yeah, a contemporary of one of the groups. Charles Dickens, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, they uh, San Jose State University created a contest for bad opening lines of yes. novels, and they even created <laughs> books of some of the winners. Um, the full line from Paul Clifford by Edward George Bulwer Lytton is. It was a dark and stormy night. The rain fell in torrents, except at occasional inter intervals when it was checked by a violent gust of wind which swept up the streets, for it is London that our scene lies, rattling along the housetops and fiercely agitating the scanty flame of the lamps that struggled against the darkness. Is that all one sentence? Yep. Jesus. That's Christ. a whole... Oh, yes. all right. Yep. Well, this is in the time where they didn't believe in periods, but they love <laughs> semicolons. I think we should be entering this contest as much as possible. Now, I've found some other winners, if you want to hear a few more. Uh, this is the inaugural winner from 1983. 
The camel died quite suddenly on the second day, and Selina fretted sulkily, and, <laughs> buffing her already impeccable nails, not for the first time since the journey began, pondered snidely if this would dissolve into a vignette of minor inconveniences, like all the other holidays spent with Basil. <laughs> So there's four characters in that first sentence. Are you including the camel? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, like, okay, that's objectively terrible, but also it is wrapped its way around terrible and is approaching awesome again. I mean, it's, it's on full circle. That was from an author named Gail Kane. That was the 1983 winner. This was one that was featured in one of the books that I think Laura and I really laughed at. As she fell face down into the black muck of the mud wrestling pit, her sweaty 300-pound opponent muttering soft curses in Latin on top of her, Sister Marie thought, there is no doubt about it, the Pope has betrayed me. Okay, is the... Okay, I have so many questions. Sister Marie. I, I, the Pope is the wrestler? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're intrigued. That's not a bad opening line. Right. I am very interested. I Because this is the kind of line where I'm like, well, now I have to read the second line. Yeah. What the fuck is happening That's why here? I didn't win that year, because it's actually it's, it's a good one. <laughs> that was from Richard J. Savastillo of Media, Pennsylvania. The winner of this most, the 2021 winner, and they're judging the 2022 contest, contest as we were recording this. Uh, is from a, a writer named Stu Duval of Auckland, New Zealand. It's a lecherous sunrise flaunted itself over a flatulent sea, well, ripping, <laughs> ripping the obsidian bodice of night asunder with its rapacious fingers of gold, thus exposing her dusky bosom to the dawn's ogling stare. Okay, that's so a man first. who is horny, who hasn't had so sex in a while. there was a sunset. <laughs> and boobs. So and boobs. I, okay, here's the thing, though. I have seen... A uh, grouping of mountains before where I've been like, those look like boobs. <laughs> so maybe he's just like, them sand dunes, them some boobs. <laughs> hey, you know, um, didn't England like fuck up their bor- their porn detecting bot because it kept coming back with sand, sand dunes? dunes? Yeah, they're like, this the is, same thing. This is a nude. And they're like, that's a fucking desert. The bot's like, I know. <laughs> Sexy, isn't it? So yeah. for this desert. Sand <laughs> everywhere. No, no, no. no. Like, oh, oh, God. God. oh, we fucked up this robot. Oh, no. Uh, I think uh, I'm talking about that because this episode was, like I said, I've talked out about that. I've said (laughs) one last thing. So I realized that this thing would make for a great new comedy genre of like non-consensual escape rooms. So all I saw, but like make it funny (laughs) where you just like find yourself and you're like, you're now playing a game. (laughs) And be like, you have to saw your butt off. And they're like, how about I gamble instead? Be like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's it. That's all We I did have. that yeah. escape room recently and kicked its ass. We was in and out of there in like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you can't go back. Yeah. I don't have much else about yeah. this one. We're getting very it. concise with our uh, yeah. with our talking. Or maybe these episodes just aren't giving us a whole lot. Yeah, we went like 10 minutes over on the, yeah. the first one. I think we're, we're going to get better once we get to season three, but... Yeah. Yeah. Season two is probably not going to give us a whole lot to work with. We have very tight shows right now. So we that's do. Hey. I can call it. We're good. I'm yeah. Good. Yeah. Unless somebody has something they needed to say. I could read more passages of uh, the autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard or... Uh, Get headcanon some more Milkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's it. We're done. 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 We're done.
18 will continue with season two with Times Squared, uh, an episode I kind of like. It's sort of a time travel bendy one, but it's not like Star Trek's no, any stranger to that. And The Icarus Factor, where we meet Ooh. Riker Dad. What? Ooh. Okay. I'm sorry. Papa very, Riker. Papa Riker. I'm very interested in all this stuff. Yep. It's not Picard. No. Okay, because he's everyone's dad. That's <laughs> true. It's true. I'm Captain Dad. Spiritual, <laughs> Spiritual Dad. <laughs> yes. And we'll just talk to you then. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye! bye. Ha <laughs> <laughs>